everyone, welcome to the 10th episode of the Maze Runner Podcast. Thomas has seen it before. Oh, shocking. Very evil. And now, in chapter 19, we will see what happens next. Okay, Shank. Let's start. Thomas stared in horror at the monstrous thing making its way down the long corridor of the maze. It looked like an experiment gone terribly wrong. Something from a nightmare, part animal, part machine, the griever rolled and clicked along the stone pathway. Its body resembled a gigantic slug. Sparsely covered in hair and glistening with slime, grotesquely pulsating in and out as it breathed. It had no distinguishable head or tail, but front to end, it was at least six feet long, four feet thick. Every ten to fifteen seconds, sharp metal spikes popped through its bulbous flesh and the whole creature abruptly curled into a ball and spun forward. Then it would settle, seeming to gather its bearings, the spikes receding back through the moist skin with a sick, sloping sound. It did this over and over, travelling just a few feet at a time. But hair and spikes were not the only things protruding from the griever's body. Several randomly placed mechanical arms stuck out here and there, each one with a different purpose. A few had bright lights attached to them. Others had long, menacing needles. One had a three-fingered claw that clasped and unclasped for no apparent reason. When the creature rolled, these arms folded and maneuvered to avoid being crushed. Thomas wondered what or who could create such frightening, disgusting creatures. The source of the sounds he'd been hearing made sense now. When the griever rolled, it made the metallic burring sound like the spinning blade of a saw. The spikes in the arms explained the creepy clicking sounds, metal against stone. But nothing sent chills up and down Thomas's spine like the haunted, deathly moans that somehow escaped the creature when it sat still, like the sound of dying men on a battlefield. Seeing it all now, the beasts matched with the sounds, Thomas couldn't think of any nightmare that could equal this hideous thing coming towards him. He fought the fear, forced his body to remain perfectly still, hanging there in the vines. He was sure their only hope was to avoid being noticed. Maybe it won't see us, he thought. Just maybe. But the reality of the situation sank like a stone in his belly. The beetle blade had already revealed his exact position. The griever rolled and clicked its way closer, zigzagging back and forth, moaning and burring. Every time it stopped, the metal arms unfolded and turned this way and that like a roving robot on an alien planet looking for signs of life. The lights cast eerie shadows across the maze. A faint memory tried to escape the locked box within his mind. Shadows in the walls when he was a kid, scaring him. He longed to be back to wherever that was. To run to the mom and dad he hoped still lived, somewhere, missing him, searching for him. A strong whiff of something burnt stung his nostrils. A sick mixture of overheated engines and charred flesh. He couldn't believe people could create something so horrible and send it after kids. 
Trying not to think about it, Thomas closed his eyes for a moment and concentrated on remaining silent and quiet. The creature kept coming. Brrr. Click, click, click. Brrr. Click, click, click. Please forgive me if my imitation is not correct, but that's how it's written, okay? That's the best I can do. Thomas peeked down without moving his head. The griever had finally reached the wall where he and Albie hung. It paused by the closed door that led into the glade, only a few yards to Thomas's right. Please go the other way, Thomas pleaded silently. Turn. Go. That way. Please. The griever's spikes popped out. Its body rolled toward Thomas and Albie. Brr. Click, click, click. It came to a stop, then rolled once more right up to the wall. Thomas held his breath, not daring to make the slightest sound. The griever now sat directly below them. Thomas wanted to look down so badly, but he knew any movement might give him away. The beams of light from the creature shone all over the place. Completely random, never settling in one spot. Then, without warning, they went out. The world turned instantly dark and silent. It was as if the creature had turned off. It didn't move, made no sound, even the haunting groans had stopped completely. And with no more lights, Thomas couldn't see a single thing. He was blind. He took small breaths through his nose. His pumping heart needed oxygen desperately. Could it hear him, smell him? Sweat drenched his hands, his hair, his clothes, everything. A fear he had never known filled him to the point of insanity. Still, nothing. No movement. No light. No sound. The anticipation of trying to guess its next move was killing Thomas. Seconds passed. Minutes. The ropey plant dug into Thomas's flesh. His chest felt numb. He wanted to scream at the monster below him. Kill me or go back to your hiding hole. Then in a sudden burst of light and sound, the cleaver came back to life, whirring and clicking. Then it started to climb the wall. It really started to climb the wall. It was a small chapter, the 19th one. Let's see what happens next. I don't want to keep you waiting. I also want to know what happens in chapter 20. The griever's spikes tore into the stone, throwing shredded ivy and rock chips in every direction. Its arms shifted about like the legs of the beetle blade some with sharp picks that drove into the stone of the wall for support. A bright light on the end of one arm pointed directly at Thomas. Only this time, the beam didn't move away. Thomas felt the last drop of hope drain from his body. He knew the only option left was to run. I'm sorry, Albie, he thought as he unraveled the thick wine from his chest. Using his left hand to hold tight to the foliage above him, he finished unwrapping himself and prepared to move. He knew he couldn't go up. That would bring the griever across the path of Albie. Down, of course, was only an option if he wanted to die as quickly as possible. He had to go to the side. Thomas reached out and grabbed the wine two feet to the left of where he hung. Wrapping it around his hand, he yanked on it with a sharp tug. It held true, just like all the others. A quick glance below revealed that the griever had already halved the distance between them and it was moving faster yet. No more pauses or stops. Thomas let go of the rope he'd used around his chest and heaved his body to the left, scraping along the wall. 
Before his pendulum swing took him back toward Albi, he reached out for another wine, catching a nice thick one. This time he grabbed it with both hands and turned to plant the bottom of his feet on the wall. He shuffled his body to the right as far as the plant would let him, then let go and grabbed another. Then another, like some tree-climbing monkey. Thomas found he could move more quickly than he ever could have hoped. The sounds of his pursuer went on relentlessly, only now with the bone-shuddering addition of cracking and splitting rock joined in. Thomas swung to the right several more times before he dared to look back. The cleaver had altered its course from Alby to heed directly for Thomas. Finally, Thomas thought something went right. Pushing off with his feet as strongly as he could, swing by swing, he fled the hideous thing. Thomas didn't need to look behind him to know the cleaver was gaining on him with every passing second. The sounds gave it away. Somehow, he had to get back to the ground or it would all end quickly. On the next switch, he let his hand slip a bit before clasping tightly. The ivy rope burned his palm, but he'd slipped several feet closer to the ground. He did the same with the next swine and the next. Three swings later, he made his way halfway to the maze floor. Scorching pain flared up both his arms. He felt the sting of raw skin on his hands. The adrenaline rushing through his body helped push away his fear. He just kept moving. On his next swing, the darkness prevented Thomas from seeing a new wall looming in front of him until it was too late. The corridor ended and turned to the right. He slammed into the stone ahead, losing his grip on the wine. Throwing his arms out, Thomas flailed, reaching and grabbing to stop his plunge to the hard stone below. At the same instant, he saw the griever out of the corner of his left eye. It had altered its course and was almost on him, reaching out with its clasping claw. Thomas found a wine halfway to the ground and grasped it, his arms almost ripping out of their sockets at the sudden stop. He pushed off the wall with both feet as hard as he could, swinging his body away from it just as the griever charged in with its claws and needles. Thomas kicked out with his right leg, connecting with the arm attached to the claw. A sharp crack revealed a small victory, but any elation ended when he realized that the momentum of his swing was now pulling him back down to land, right on top of the creature. Pulsing with adrenaline, Thomas drew his legs together and pulled them tight against his chest. As soon as he made contact with the griever's body, disgustingly sinking inches into its gushy skin, he kicked out with both feet to push up, squirming to avoid the swarms of needles and claws coming at him from all directions. He swung his body out and to the left. Then he jumped towards the wall of the maze, trying to grab another wine. The griever's vicious tool snapped and clawed at him from behind. He felt a deep scratch on his back. Flailing once again, Thomas found a new wine and clutched it with both hands. He gripped the plant just enough to slow him down as he slid to the ground, ignoring the horrible burn. As soon as his feet hit the solid stone floor, he took off, running despite the scream of exhaustion from his body. A booming crash sounded behind him, followed by the rolling, cracking, burring of the grievo. But Thomas refused to look back, knowing every second counted. He rounded a corner of the maze, then another. Pounding the stone with his feet, he fled as fast as he possibly could. Somewhere in his mind, he tracked his own movements, hoping he'd live long enough to use the information to return to the door again. Right, then left, down a long corridor, then right again, left, right, two lefts. Another long corridor. The sounds of pursuit from behind didn't relent or fade, but he wasn't losing ground either. On and on he ran, his heart ready to blow its way out of his chest. With great, sucking heaves of breath, he tried to get oxygen in his lungs. But he knew he couldn't last much longer. He wondered if it would just be easier to turn and fight, get it over with. When he rounded the next corner, 
he skidded to a halt at the sight in front of him. Panting uncontrollably, he stared. Three grievers were up ahead, rolling as he ducked their spikes into the stone, coming directly toward him. That's it. Chapter 20 is also over. Irritating, isn't it? Annoying. Leaving you at such a big cliffhanger. I wonder what will happen. Four Grievers versus one Thomas. I don't know. We'll see what happens next. Next Sunday. Only on the Maze Runner Podcast. <laughs>